Welcome to the bonus episode of the Increasing Equity for All Learners mini-series. This episode is all about how the guiding principles that are a part of math recovery connect, and it's broken into two parts. To start, you will hear Pam reading a paragraph identifying these principles. This can be used as a study guide of sorts. And then at the 4 minute 40 second mark, there will be directions on how to take a self-check quiz about these principles. Welcome to the Kids Math Talk podcast, where in each episode, we give parents and educators practical tips and insights that will deepen mathematical understanding while also encouraging the conversation about math to remain active and positive. I'm your host, Desiree Harrison, elementary math coach and Kids Math Talk founder. Desiree, we put together sort of a little integrated thing with the different principles. Teachers use AVMR or math recovery assessments and ongoing assessment, which is principle two, to develop and update a numeracy profile for each child that includes their constructs and levels for addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, place, conceptual place values, structuring number, forward number word sequences, backward number word sequences, numeral identification, fractions. The teacher would use the profile to target just right instruction at the child's cutting edge, which is principle three, with the goal of engendering more sophisticated strategies in the child which is principle five. In their planning, teachers would draw from a bank of teaching procedures, that's principle four, to design the lesson to meet the needs of the students within the class, that's principle three. During the actual teaching of the lesson, the teacher would be observing the student behavior and fine-tuning or making adjustments to the lesson, that's principle six, on the fly uh, during the course of the lesson to be responsive to the student needs, that's principle three, with the goal of constantly engendering every more sophisticated strategies, principle five, the teacher will use teacher moves um, and the dimensions of mathematization in order to engender the more sophisticated strategies, principle five. During the planning, a teacher will use a mix of inquiry-based, problem-based instruction, principle one, as well as rehearsal mode used to develop grounded habituation with the structures of math that undergird and support the development of these ever more sophisticated conceptual strategies, principle As students construct and share strategies indicative of these new developmental constructs, teachers introduce appropriate forms of informal and formal notation and symbolizing, that's principle seven, to communicate the mathematical thinking. The teacher encourages students to use similar forms of notating to communicate with their their thinking, with their peers. And examples of informal notation include the empty number line, open arrays, drawings, drop-down notation, alternative algorithms. We could go on and on. During the course of the inquiry-based lesson, principle one, teachers would be fostering classroom norms of individual students engaging in sustained thinking and reflection, that's principle eight, by establishing the norm that every person has a right to think about problems without interruption and a responsibility to attempt to understand when all members of the class explain their strategies. If they do not understand what a person shared, it's their responsibility to ask questions in order to understand. The teacher use of wait time is a hallmark in this style of instruction, both while the students are attempting to think 
on how to solve the problem and after somebody has shared a strategy. By fostering the student engagement, principle eight, and targeting instruction just right for each student at their cutting edge, principle three, students are not bored because items are too easy or frustrated because they're too hard. This leads to greater intrinsic satisfaction for each student when they're able to successfully solve problems via productive struggle that for them are truly challenging problems, which is principle nine. Loving this podcast? Great. Subscribe so you know when new episodes are released and leave us a review on Apple so that others can find these episodes. We are stronger together. Now that you've listened to the completed paragraph, it's time for the self-check quiz. What follows is the same paragraph that Pam just read, but this time it's been broken up by extended pauses to give you a chance to think about which guiding principle, numbers one through nine, is mentioned before Pam gives the answer. Ready? Here it is. Teachers use ABMR or math recovery assessments and ongoing assessment, which is principle two, to develop and update a numeracy profile for each child that includes their constructs and levels for addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, place, conceptual place value, structuring number, forward number word sequences, backward number word sequences, numeral identification, fractions. The teacher would use the profile to target just right instruction at the child's cutting edge, which is principle with the goal of engendering more sophisticated strategies in the child, which is principle five. In their planning, teachers would draw from a bank of teaching procedures. That's principle four. To design the lesson to meet the needs of the students within the class. That's principle three. During the actual teaching of the lesson, the teacher would be observing the student behavior and fine-tuning or making adjustments to the lesson. That's principle six. On the fly, uh, during the course of the lesson to be responsive to the student needs. That's principle three. With the goal of constantly engendering ever more sophisticated strategies, Principle five, the teacher will use teacher moves um, and the dimensions of mathematization in order to engender the more sophisticated strategies. Principle five, during the planning, a teacher will use a mix of inquiry-based, problem-based instruction. Principle one, as well as rehearsal mode used to develop grounded habituation with the structures of math that undergird and support the development of these ever more sophisticated conceptual strategies. Principle five, as students construct and share strategies indicative of these new developmental constructs, teachers introduce appropriate forms of informal and formal notation and symbolizing. 
that's principle seven, to communicate the mathematical thinking. The teacher encourages students to use similar forms of notating to communicate with their, their thinking, with their peers. And examples of informal notation include the empty number line, open arrays, drawings, drop-down notation, alternative algorithms. We could go on and on. During the course of the inquiry-based lesson, principle one, teachers would be fostering classroom norms of individual students engaging in sustained thinking and reflection. That's principle eight. By establishing the norm that every person has a right to think about problems without interruption and a responsibility to attempt to understand when all members of the class explain their strategies. If they do not understand what a person shared, it's their responsibility to ask questions in order to understand. The teacher use of wait time is a hallmark in this style of instruction. Both while the students are attempting to think on how to solve the problem and after somebody has shared a strategy. By fostering the student engagement, principle eight, and targeting instruction just right for each student at their cutting edge, principle three, students are not bored because items are too easy or frustrated because they're too hard. This leads to greater intrinsic satisfaction for each student when they're able to successfully solve problems via productive struggle that for them are truly challenging problems, which is principle nine. So how did you do? Try not to give yourself a score or percentage because this is a journey. Nothing and no one is perfect. Instead, try to think about which principles you identified most easily and which one you need more time to reflect on. You can start this episode over and listen to the connections paragraph as many times as you want. And remember that Pam and Don give extended explanations of the principles in episodes 37 and 38. The more you reflect on these principles, and in the case of educators, the more you implement them in your practice, the more familiar they will become of this podcast. And join us next week for another episode of the Kids Math Talk podcast.